And don't forget you can stream all of the episodes on Myco. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the She Leads the Way podcast, where we are recording from New York this week. Today's guest is Victoria Vaughan. She is a serial entrepreneur and she, was, she is the co-founder of In Crypto Land, which is a PR and marketing agency within the Web3 and tech industry. She was the CEO of Cointelegraph and she co-founded C-Wallet. She's super passionate about all things communications, tech, AI, blockchain. And today we're going to be talking about absolutely all of it, including life as an entrepreneur and female founder. Victoria, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being a part of the show and thank you for having me in your apartment. Yeah, New York days in summer. It's still so nice in here. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So um, kick us off. I'd love to hear about a little bit about you, um, your background and how you became an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Russia. I lived in St. Petersburg, which is second largest city in Russia. Uh, during like my school times, I was going to quite tacky school mm. and most parts of my class were boys. I think really? I had like 18 boys and four girls. And I was really into programming and informatics. These were like my favorite subjects. And then when we were discussing with parents, which university should I go to? Uh, yeah, we just discussed what I actually like fond of more in terms of school. And my mother just said that like, you know, technology seemed to be growing. And in St. Petersburg, we have a university which is called University of Information Technologies, Mechanics and Optics. And when I started studying then maybe on third or fourth year, I started working for a tech company in Russia. It was a like very startup cool environment. Mm. So I went into tech straight away and like was in a like uh, ecosystem where I was able to take a lot of decisions uh, by myself. We had a lot of freedom in the management culture. Yeah. So I think it's a great start. And then after that, tech startup, I moved to work at Cointelegraph, where I spent over seven years, I think. And it was also a very, I would say, entrepreneur real experience, but without high risks, because again, it was a new industry. I have total freedom of experimenting on how to grow it. And within those several years, the industry grew, Cointelegraph grew to the top positions on the market. Yes. So I had like, uh, a lot of experience hiring team, experimenting, trying to build things, understanding Mm. how to do that, how to communicate with the team, how to grow it. And it was amazing experience. But I still always felt that I also wanted to try something uh, like by myself. But honestly, like during these several years, especially hearing all the stories about famous founders, how from school, from university, they just started selling something. They started their companies when they were 16 years old. And then these crazy success stories, how like they usually talk about it in the media and everywhere. I was feeling, well, I'm not like that. Uh, I'm not that risky. And I was feeling like maybe I'm just like not an entrepreneur by nature and I should just continue my career. But then I would say more and more experience I was gaining, 
less and less fear I was having. Yes. And then I was just at the point, I would say it was mostly, of course, internal decision mm. that I felt I'm 100% confident that I won't try to build a company, that I don't want to work as an employee yeah. anymore. And I do feel that you should start the company when you have like this real confidence because like it's not easy to build a company, it's so much responsibility. But once you are at this point and you realize that this is really what you want to do and you cannot live in a different way, yes. <laughs> you should do it. So on that then, because I want to take a couple of steps back mm -hmm. because I know that and then we'll move into then we'll move into the mindset. But for you, you initially moved into tech crypto space when not a lot of people were talking about it. It was really at the very beginning. So that, you know, I know that you said that moving into the company, there wasn't a lot of risk, but to a degree there was risk because you didn't know if this industry yeah. would actually be yeah, as big as it true. is now. Mm -hmm. So I know that your mum was a massive motivator into the influencing you into moving into technology, which is incredible. <laughs> yeah. It must be very forward focused. But what was it about technology that really excited you? Or was it the fact that your mum thought it was exciting? Um. Well, I would say first point is that by myself at school, I really loved programming, informatics yes. and was interested in all these subjects. And overall, in terms of like growing in economy, yeah, of course, it was like a large insight from my mother mm. and probably like the most international jobs uh, were always in tech. Yeah. And uh, I like from my childhood, I did have a desire to at some point point of life work on live abroad. So this was also a part of the target. And all my jobs were always international. Although I was based in Russia, every startup and company I was working for were never targeting Russian market. They were always targeting yeah, international cool. market. And like the first tech startup, it was not in crypto. It was more like retail fintech space. Mm -hmm. And then it was quite random how I actually found out about cryptocurrency at all. Uh, with this startup, we were attending different conferences mm. uh, and we were at some point uh, in Paris at one of the conferences and just there I randomly met a guy who told me about really? this idea. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I promise it's going to be great. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I feel like the biggest and greatest things uh, in your life just happen as a series yes. of coincidence. You do have to do a lot of steps uh, uh, and job, but like if you work consistently and, mm. what you, and know what you want, then uh, like just a wave of life pushes you yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, so I just got interested in that idea in general. Uh, honestly, it was kind of anarchistic uh, uh, sounding cryptocurrency without the uh, central institutions. Mm. Yeah, and we just like became friends uh, with that person. Um, he wanted like to start a bunch of things uh, in this space. I continued working after that maybe for a year more in like my original startup, but then I just like moved into crypto industry. Yeah. 
it was, it was all just a combination, <laughs> I would say, maybe of my adventures uh, spirit and some luck and uh, events in my life. <laughs> and so tell me, because, you know, coming from the universe, essentially placing you here very solidly mm. and then becoming the CEO of Cointelegraph, how did, how did that come about? So I started working there as a project manager, uh, more being responsible for product development, mm -hmm. website development. But at the start, it was like a small project of three, four people. Of course, everyone were doing everything. I started also helping with business development and partnerships. And then at some point, probably I'm in general, quite, uh, I have patterns of controlling and like <laughs> super responsibility. And I was just uh, promoted pretty quickly. Within six months, I think I became a CEO. Wow. Uh, and <laughs> have had a very rapid journey in terms of my career. And within like three, four years, we started having a team of 200 people. Yeah, that's incredible. It grew significantly. Yeah, so uh, amazing <laughs> experience. How did you find going from being a part of the team as one into essentially managing and being the leader for mm -hmm. more than 200 people? Because that is a big difference it and is, a big responsibility. Yes, it's obviously very intense and the management style should also change significantly after the team grew to a big number of people, of mm -hmm. course. Uh, we needed to implement more KPIs, uh, to measure the results, to understand who performs, who not. And compared, for example, to my current team, which is a small team, it's mm. like much more intimate uh, management style. So I would say I was in a both environments and at least now I like more, more being in the intimate team. Yes. But like when you have a scale and able to grow the team, of course, it's also super interesting. Yeah, of course. Um, did you find that the, your priorities changed when you were looking after so many people? Hmm. I started having more responsibility. Uh, I was very frightened uh, when we were growing that much, especially uh, when we talk about Web3 crypto market, it's very volatile. On the bull market, everything grows, uh, sales grows, and you have to also grow quickly, be able to scale and hire the team mm. uh, in order to grow market share, you have to be quick. Uh, but then you should also realize that any, at any point of time, bear market can start yes. and then you will have to significantly optimize the team, which also happens to us uh, like during several waves uh, of bull and my bear market. Of course, those are always not easy decisions when you have to optimize costs, uh, yes. fire some people, say goodbye. Uh, it's like, I remember that some, sometimes I was very sad, coming home, crying. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Pivoting slightly um, into essentially the market and how you were able to differentiate yourself. Because at the time there were other um, there were other companies within the crypto realm. I know that I've read a, a couple of articles on Cointelegraph and how you positioned yourselves, which perform, which is essentially what made you become essentially the largest mm -hmm. with your, can you tell me a bit more, more about that? Uh, yeah, so when we were starting, there were like 
all of us were very, very small. We were producing maybe a couple articles per week. Uh, and in general, in the industry, there was not that much traffic. But then when we, it started growing, we did a number of very strategic partnerships uh, with other websites in the industry. They were all more tech and statistics oriented, for example, CoinMarketCap now also grew significantly, was acquired by Binance, one of the largest websites uh, yeah. in the industry. So we used to have partnership with them. We bought out all the advertising spaces on that platform. And a part of the deal agreement was that they would put our news widget on the main page. Okay. And we started acquiring a lot of traffic uh, from partners like that. Uh, and as like on the media website, the ret retention rate is overall pretty big because mm -hmm. people want to come back and see what's happening on the market. So significant part of this audience, which we got from our partners, just stayed with us uh, and became our audience. And of course, like now everyone knows Cointelegraph for like our artwork style. Yeah. Yes, there is a whole team of uh, artist designers who produce those artworks for the article. And it's a very differentiation, differentiating part of the branding for Cointelegraph. That's incredible. Before we move on to Encrypto land, can you tell me how you feel now looking back at what you achieved and how much you were able to grow coin telegraph while you were there in the team like how do you feel about that are you just so happy uh i am of course happy at the same time when you have uh, such like a rapid and successful growth at the start yeah for example now i'm thinking okay i had this success story what's next yes uh so the current pr company for example it is performing well but like compared to Cointelegraph, which is one like of the key key players mm. on the market, of course, of course, it's a different scale. Uh, so on the one hand, I'm super happy that I'm now having experience of being entrepreneur. On the second uh, hand, uh, I do sometimes miss the scale and feel that I also want to build some products uh, based business cool. as like service business. Mm. Uh, as I mentioned, I love the intimacy of the team mm. and I'm not sure I want to like scale this agency to a size of like 50, 100 people because to scale the agency business, you do have to grow the team significantly. Yeah, yeah so I'm now exploring different ideas on what I would want to build and hope that um, I will disrupt again. Something amazing. That's a you're a born <laughs> entrepreneur thing. I want to tap into your mindset. So you said at the beginning of the of our conversation that you wanted to get ensure that when you're building a company that you were ready for it. Do you feel like how long was it before you started a company that you were like that you want that you knew you wanted to be a company owner versus working for a company? Uh, well, I would say after maybe. Four years at Cointelegraph, I started thinking that I want to build my company, okay. but I was still not confident enough. And mm. then it would it took maybe two to four more years yeah. to like come <laughs> to this decision. So for me, it was not a quick journey. Yeah. And did did you always know? Was it was it more about the confidence, or was it about knowing what you wanted to do? I think for me, it's more about confidence. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
it was just, it was questioning. So you always knew that, okay, if I wanted to open my own business, it would be a PR marketing agency. It was not that why I started PR agency, because I would say it was super, super logical mm -hmm. move uh, with my first, actually in Cryptoland is the second one, because the first one was C-Wallet, uh, the wallet for Cardano ecosystem, yes. and it uh, was like more of a product kind of business. And it was just a very good time on the market to do this product. I was doing it with one of their partners we used to have, like we, I think we met throughout my career at Cointelegraph yes. or at some of the conferences. So he was also uh, in the crypto space and it was like a perfect timing. We also knew the technology providers who would be able to build the product for us. And we were able to do the fundraise pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. And then the product growth went pretty well. Uh, unfortunately, in the end, like the risk of the project, the main risk was associated with the Cardano blockchain itself because it was targeting Cardano market. And we wanted to build a wallet similar to MetaMask, yes. uh, which is like now has a complete dominance of the like Ethereum wallet okay. market. We wanted to do the same for Cardano. But then Cardano itself was super, super slow with their technologies and uh, smart contracts and like no products uh, in the Cardano ecosystem were develop developing rapidly because mm. of that, because they were basically blocked uh, by Cardano team. So we had to like kind of freeze the development uh, of that product. Okay. And simultaneously I started like another PR company with my former colleague from Cointelegraph, mm -hmm. Elise. That's amazing. Yeah, so I like already had like more product business and when we were starting PR agency, it was like already kind of on the bear market. Uh, at that point, it would be hard to do like another fundraise for something because mm. everything was slowing down. And we wanted to build something that would not require significant external investments and yeah, something course. that we would be able to control, still have a good, uh, stable revenue flow. Uh, we had contacts, we have experience uh, in the space. Yes. Uh, it was like just something that we were able to quickly bootstrap, uh, start having revenues and then grow the team. Yeah, that's incredible. How, what would you say the demand is like at the moment? How, what's the market saying? Uh, Web3 market is now like still on the bear market, uh, but Bear market is not always a bad thing. No. Uh, I'm actually love uh, like lo working during bear market because during bull market there are a lot of bad actors who just want to <laughs> raise funds that yeah. and uh, disappear. During bear market, you really see people who actually wanna uh, build products, uh, build companies, and do things. And it's also quite good for PR. It's uh, easier to build the PR strategy to get the attention of the media mm. because during bull market, so many uh, events happening and company has to have like really strong uh, news announcements to get mm. through the media space. And during bear market, yes, I would say it's easier to pitch clients. And as we work with companies on like long-term retainers, it's yes. a pretty good business model. We also like do media buy campaigns, which are usually like not that long, uh, but from a business model perspective, I think PR company is yeah. a, a good model to have. Yeah, fantastic. 
Pivoting. Uh, sorry, yeah. And I uh, just wanted to mention that as like there is a bear market on the Web3 space and for our like blockchain clients, we um, also pitch them to all tech uh, media platforms, fintech uh, media platforms. So our, our team already acquired experience of working with general media as well. So we thought that we should just diversify yeah. uh, into new verticals and now AI is booming. So uh, we started wor working with AI industry as well and like with some general tech companies. What a, what a crazy, crazy industry. I mean, they, they, all of these industries, I mean, they all flow into each other. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually, it's a very exciting thing to watch, but it's also very daunting to think about how things have changed. Mm -hmm. uh, and how we are handing over a lot of resources into t technology. What are your thoughts on AI and do you use it? How much do you use it on, in the day-to-day? -day? Um, we do use it for some content production, editing of texts. I wouldn't say that um, now it is possible to just use AI uh, and uh, not need like any human uh, involvement yes uh, it does help to optimize uh, speed of content production but uh, first it's not that easy as like all the internet like there are a lot of titles uh, like ai will kill all the content mm. producers blah 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 <laughs> uh, but honestly to use it like in a high quality good way it does require a lot of training and experimenting yeah. uh, a lot of like feeding uh, your expertise and data into AI models and a lot of work with prompts, yes. uh, like continuous, continuous making them better and better and better because frankly speaking, if you just put a very basic prompt, uh, the result will be like very general, not mm. high quality. You cannot uh, use it for work. So for some part of the content production, we do use it, for example, for producing of some SEO text and so on. But when it comes to like deep, high quality analytical reports and things like that, uh, we do still work with like high profile technical writers, for example. So it depends yeah. uh, on the task. For like uh, image production, mind journey, yes, it's pretty fun and cool. Um, we are using different AI tools for different processes. It does help to make it faster, but to tell that it's a complete autopilot, no. Yeah. <laughs> so can you tell me, uh, so Victoria, what advice can you give women who are looking to be entrepreneurs or own their own company? Mm -hmm. So first, as I already mentioned, um, I do think that you should start a company when you have this complete readiness inside to start a company and you realize that you just don't want to work like as an employee mm. uh, anymore. Probably it's also like not a bad approach uh, at the start uh, to test out uh, your idea, uh, still having uh, like a job. And then mm. when you see that something works out, you can actually move uh, into something new. Uh, then like still don't afraid to risk. Um, uh, I'm also also like want to talk about maybe cultural differences, for example, between Russia and US. Yes. Um, in Russia, there is a lot of culture that mistakes are bad. You cannot fail. 
And overall, for example, venture capital market in Russia doesn't exist. So there is really that much of a startup and mm. env environment and people always want to build like sustainable businesses. While like here in US with this crazy funding, people are so open to experimenting and taking mm. risks. So I think like if you want to build more of a startup company, for sure, it is easier to be in the environment supporting this mindset and culture. Mm. And here in US, I can say that like when you share with people, oh, I want to build something, I want to do this, I want to do that. Uh, they're just like so supportive. They're like, yes, you could yeah. do it. You should try it. Absolutely. For sure. Like in Russia, when you share something like that, they're like, are you sure? I'm sure you should leave your high paying job yeah. no you should like think 10, 10, 10 yeah. times before doing that so absolutely being in the environment of other like founders and and entrepreneurs uh helps a lot uh yeah yeah that's amazing that's really incredible also it does help uh, to be in the female entrepreneur communities as well but like tech is quite like male dominated space. Mm. Uh, I would say I'm just naturally very used to being in such environments from my childhood, as I mentioned, uh, it started for me from school, then same in university, then all my job, uh, jobs always uh, also were majority of guys and I was just used to, be, to it and it was normal for me. Uh, but overall, I do see now that there are a lot of initiatives uh, for women, for example, in the crypto web three industries, there are community about communities uh, who support women in the industry. And I do see now there are like much more ladies in the industry uh, that they used to be. Yeah. So like just research, uh, be curious and do not uh, put like those constraints in your mind. Oh, I'm a woman. I cannot do that. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% mm -hmm. agree with you. Well, Victoria, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It was great to have you here. I love the conversation. Thanks for joining us on the She Leads the Way podcast. We were with Victoria Vaughan and I'm your host, Nikki Bedford. Bye. Bye.